Hey everyone, I'm Gracie and welcome to Grace of a Military Child podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. That is the sole purpose of this podcast, to share our stories to the world. So hi, Zelina. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Well, how are you? I'm doing good. So tell me a little bit about your dad's service in the military since we've heard from both of your sisters already and like your experience. Uh, So my dad was in the military when I was born. So and then he got out. I was about six years old or seven years old when he got out. He joined the Air Force. He went in as a firefighter Um, and he trying to think he was uh, in Egypt for a while and he was there for for quite some time. But then he came back and was stationed in Michigan up in Oscoda at uh, Air Force, Portsmouth Air Force Base. And we lived outside of there, uh, but then the base closed down. And when that base closed down, we moved to Ohio. He was transferred to Youngstown Air Force Base. And that's kind of where we stayed. He got out shortly after that. And uh, we hung around Ohio and went to school there. And he stayed with working with the Air Force as a firefighter. Um but as a DOD employee. So, I mean, we still didn't see him very often. (laughs) Yeah. Being a firefighter. Do you remember like hanging around base, uh, even though he was DOD employed, do you remember going to base? Um, so when we were in Michigan up in Oscoda, uh, he used to have people over a lot that were, that he worked with, or, um, even when we went to Youngstown and he was working there, they would have their family days and we would all go out for their family days, which was nice. And they did the slip and slides. Um, I don't, they can't do it anymore because now it's frowned upon, but they would turn the hoses on and put foam out and we would go down the slide of a hill and put all these mats down. That was fun. That was always fun. Yeah. Do you remember like missing your dad while he was gone? Like during the Egypt time no I don't because we were so little then I don't remember that and then um he wouldn't when he worked he worked 24 hours on and 24 hours off so that's just kind of how it worked out 24 on 24 off and um they they had what they did were Kelly days is what they were called that when he would get a few days off here and there so he would get like three days off here or five days off here which was nice because that's when the family we would plan to do things then because otherwise we just didn't see him <laughs> yeah because he was working like 24 hours and then 24 right. hours off mm-hmm. yeah it was a weird schedule having like it was very weird that happening but you become you become used to it because it's yeah it's every you know every day and you don't think anything of it yeah it's the lifestyle that you were adapted to mm-hmm. so living kind of the military child life, experiencing a little bit of that growing up, did that encourage you to join the army like you did today? Uh, So yes, I guess you could say, because I was around a lot of military personnel and just being on and off base a lot there at Youngstown. 
Um, I liked it, which is weird, but I also wanted to join the military for something different to learn new things, meet new people, travel, see that, you know, see different things. Yeah. So your family has a huge Air Force background. Yes. Why did you choose Army over Air Force? Because I was stubborn and I wanted to be different. (laughs) And I thought it would irritate my father if I joined uh, an opposing branch, if you will. Yeah. He didn't think I'd make it one one day away in the Army. So. And here you are. (laughs) 20, 20 years later, here I am. Exactly. You've made it quite far in the army. Yes. Did you, so you, both of your sisters joined the air force. Did you like encourage them joining or did you not want them to join? No, I think they should have. They needed to, they needed structure in their lives (laughs) (laughs) and discipline, more discipline. (laughs) As an older sister, you're able to say that. Yes, most definitely. Did you kind of push them to join the army or no i told them don't join the army join the air force is a better decision (laughs) especially once i joined and i I got to see the differences between the army installations and the air force installations and the food is just so much better on the air force side (laughs) (laughs) did you ever want to switch branches just to be in the air force with your sisters no Mm mm-mm No, just doing your own thing in the army. Yes. Yeah. So what kind of things have you done in the army since joining? Oh, that's a big question. It's very broad. Um, So I've, I joined in 2001 before September 11th. And then I went to basic and AIT. And when I was in um, AIT is when 9-11 happened. Um, so then immediately from there, I was transferred to a different installation um, after graduation from AIT and went to, um, I'm sorry, while I was in basic is when September 11th happened. But when in AIT, they transferred me to a new unit in Georgia, where we then deployed immediately uh, to go overseas. And I was in Afghanistan. And then it was kind of like from there, you know, I went to Afghanistan and then Iraq and then Iraq. And then I came home for a while, did some home station active duty. Um, and then that's where I met my husband. So that worked out. (laughs) Uh, cause then he went overseas a lot too. So he was gone a lot, uh, back and forth, different deployments. Uh, and then I deployed again and that's how I, I met you <laughs> and your mother yes. and your father. Um, so that, I mean, it was a good experience. It's been a good experience. Yeah. So you've got like 20 years now. Are you thinking about retirement, like getting out and living kind of a normal life? Yep. I sure am. I filed my paperwork already. So <laughs> retirement is right there. I can see it. <laughs> Yes, it's on the horizon for sure. Yes. Oh, I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm sure after those 20 years doing so many different things and finally getting some kind of a normal life and not having to go many places. Yes. So it'll be nice because then 
I will be done, but my husband will still be in and I will just travel alongside with him and our children. So that would be, it'll be nice. It'll be different. It'll be hard for me to sit and take a backseat, I guess, because it's the whole part of my life Yeah, that'll be gone. Um, but I'll get to live vicariously through him and watch him continue. So that'll be, it'll be nice for my children as well so for me to be home. Yeah. Spend some time with the kids and not being, you know, in different places all the time and having to, you know, having the time to stay home and be around them as they're growing up as well. Right. Cause they're still so little and they're just getting into sports and yeah, different activities at school now. Um, and I won't have to miss it. I had to miss a lot this year. Uh, a lot of soccer games and activities with the school. Uh, so I'm hoping I won't have to miss many more in the future. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, you mentioned when you met our family, mm-hmm. uh, probably back in 2009 or 10, that was like yes. 10 years, 10, 12 years ago, somewhere around there. Did you kind of picture that you'd be taking care of Kaylee and I am basically becoming our mom at one point? No, I just thought I was going to be, you know, a fancy aunt and spoil you guys. And uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) I mean, that still happened. Right. True. Very true. Um, But then, yeah, taking care of you guys was that was really that was an honor. Honestly, that was great. It was a lot of fun to be able to take you two girls and um, take care of you, take you back and forth to school and watch you learn, do homework with you. It was a whole new experience for me. And the fact, you know, that your mother obviously trusted me to take care of you girls while she was away. Yeah. That was huge. That was really huge. Yeah. I, I mean, it was so much fun for us. Like we look back on it and we're like, oh, we remember going to like Red Lobster all the time and making quesadillas on the stove with no pan that just blew our minds. (laughs) (laughs) Going to Burger King in the morning and having Eggos and yeah, doing all of those things. Forcing your sister to eat potatoes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) having um chicken tenders before the french fries at dinner yes always eat your main entree first (laughs) (laughs) yeah so do you remember much of the day the phone call came in and what happened that day uh yes i just i remember you girls all of us were being together earlier the day and hanging out and we were planning for thanksgiving because thanksgiving was around the corner um, I re- remember coming home. I can't remember if your mother dropped me off or, you know, I just know we were together, but I was here home at the house and I was sitting on the front porch when you called me. Uh, and it was really weird. I was like, Oh, what happened? What'd she forget? What's going on? Yeah. Um, and it was you calling from your mother's phone and you were frantic and saying, you know, about your dad and that your mom needed me. Your mom was crying. I was like, what is going on? Um, so obviously I just knew I needed to get to your guys' house to find out what was happening because I could not understand what was going on during that phone call. It was just a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming. Um, but yeah. I, and then when I got there, just hearing what your mother had already known and trying to keep her calm because there was so much unknown um, and keep you girls calm at the same time. That was, it was, uh, 
it was big. It was bigger than anything I could have really imagined happening. Um, so, but I'm happy everything worked out, obviously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> everything ended up working out in the end. Mm-hmm. But did you kind of, because your husband was over there as well, were you kind of weary about what was going on and like his safety as well? Yes, I was concerned. Um, however, my phone didn't ring. Yeah. So I then was like, okay, uh, my husband's okay. I, at least my knowledge that he was okay. Cause I didn't receive a phone call. Um, and just taking care of you girls and your mom and trying to get as much information as we could and the support group around to be able to help her take care of everything she needed to take care of. Yeah. Cause that was like an insane time of trying to figure everything out. Kaylee and I, what we were going to be, where we were going, where mom was going and if she needed to fly to Germany or Texas or where she needed to go. Yeah. Everything like that as well. Did you, from that moment, did you think that you were going to kind of be stuck with Kaylee and I, or did you think we were going to be with mom a lot more or staying with another friend? So first of all, it wasn't stuck. I wasn't stuck with you guys. Um, <laughs> it was a privilege to be able to take care of you girls uh, and, you know, help y'all, help your mother and your father, you know, yeah. be, for them to be able to focus on what they need to focus on. Uh, but obviously I knew that your mom was going to want to go to be with your dad. Just, so, I mean, it's natural sure. that that's what she would want to do. So I knew that I would have to help in some type of way. Now, did I know that that would involve me actually having custody of you children? No, I did not know that. But I knew, obviously, I was planning on helping, whether it be, you know, taking care of the house, taking care of you girls in some form or fashion, helping with the dogs that you guys had at the time. I didn't know what it was going to be. So when your mother asked me to help out and I said, yeah, of course, whatever you need. She goes, I need you to take the girls. So I was like, oh, okay, Yeah, I'll definitely do that. (laughs) Yeah, it was like... At that time, it was so hard because we hadn't even, I mean, we were in the middle of the school year. It's not like, you know, summer or, Mm -hmm. I mean, even winter break, winter was just around the corner, but it was in the middle of the school year. We were trying to figure all that out. And then I think for mom too, it's just, she trusted you more than almost everyone else. And the fact that you would take us to school and take care of us in that. Uh, aspect that we didn't have to move schools or anything. I think that made it a lot easier to trust you with us. And then, I mean, you're military too, so why not? (laughs) Right. Yes. And that, I mean, I was, I was on, um, I was working too at that time. I can't remember if I was on an active duty tour or I, I just remember dropping you girls off at school from the house. And that was a 30 minute drive away. And then driving myself to work, which was another 30 to 40 minutes away. Yeah. Um, and then turning around, leaving work early to come pick you girls up because like you said, my husband was deployed at the time too. So I had to, you know, and your parents were gone. The good thing is that the command was extremely understanding and they knew what I was doing and that I was taking care of you girls. So, yeah, I think too, because we're, it was an army reserve unit. 
where dad was out of. So it was like not many people come back injured in an army reserve unit. So it was, Mm -hmm. it was like a drop everything and do what, not drop everything, but like do what you have to do to make situations like that work. Right. I mean, a lot of people get injured. I think it's just, you don't hear about it. Yeah. You don't hear about it. Um, it does. It's not like it makes uh, national news or things of that right. nature. And you don't hear about the struggles that the families have to go through and endure uh, to try and continue on with a, some type of a normal life. And I think there's a lot that does happen behind closed doors that just the traditional public um, isn't aware of when it comes to families in general um, of injured soldiers, whether they be uh, active duty, reserve, or National Guard, there's a lot of struggles that go on. And for people to try to pick up and continue on with some sort of <laughs> any type of normal normalcy. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, a, you have to transition it to find what aspects can be the same and what have to be changed to find that normal, mm-hmm. normal lifestyle that you're striving for. Right. So after you took care of Kaylee and I for a little while and you had your own kids, you had to taken care of two girls for like a month and a half, maybe more somewhere around there. Were you expecting to have girls then from that? Honestly, I didn't know what I was expecting. Um, I wasn't expecting the chaos that is now my life, uh, but, <laughs> um, all I know is that I, we wanted, uh, James and I wanted ha- uh, healthy kids, yeah, uh, healthy little babies. And that's what we got. Thank goodness. Uh, thank God. That's what we got. Uh, but I was not, I never in my wildest dreams did I think I was going to have three boys, uh, crazy, wild, rambunctious boys, <laughs> but it's fitting in hindsight. It's very fitting uh, given our current lifestyle and uh, just the jobs and career paths that my husband and I have chosen. It fits them. Yeah. And they're so sweet and we love them and they're angels. Uh, that's a stretch, <laughs> but they, they don't cause they are good. They are good kids. <laughs> I mean, you raised us and we turned out fine. So you've got I I helped. <laughs> you know, I had a little hands. I mean, your parents helped. They raised you. I had yes. a very small part. Yes, but we turned out fine. So yes. You've got three boys. I know. <laughs> and they're very quiet right now. So I'm very surprised that they fell to sleep right away. <laughs> <laughs> they were right to sleep. Mm-hmm. So now after you raised basic or you helped raise basically two military kids and now you have three more to raise on your own. Did you kind of from your experience as a military child from Kaylee and I, did you kind of have an idea of how that was going to go? Well, I learned from your, you and your sister's uh, experience that military children are very resilient um, and children in general are very resilient and just military ones happen to be a little tougher um, mm-hmm. and they kind of just roll with the punches. Uh, our boys I found out that just tell them everything, tell them what's happening, explain to them, you know, when they see mommy and daddy leaving and putting their uniforms on and they go, not again. You're like, oh, don't worry. You know, 
it'll be over soon and we'll be home. And it's for, you know, a good reason that we do this. We help keep people safe. Just, you know, just like their daddy being a regular police officer. It's, It's sad too to think that I am retiring and my boys are still so young that it's going to be like a blur for them, like a little blimp on their radar that they will Maddox will never remember me being in the military because he's so small. So uh, Jimmy and Asher will have some type of memory of me being in the military, mainly just because of all the pictures and things of that. They'll remember their father more so because by the time their father retires, they will probably be near graduating high school. <laughs> um, but we do, we tell them what's going on. They've gone with us. Um, to the reserve centers and to active duty installations. They've seen the trucks, the planes, um, gotten up close and personal with those types of things. And they're used to it. They, they see it, they get it, they understand it. Uh, they kind of like it actually. They think it's pretty cool. So that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, A lot. It really helps. (laughs) Yeah. And little kid eyes. It's so cool to see like all the big planes and cars and trucks and just explore. Oh, yes. That's what I liked about it when I would go visit my dad at the firehouse is, you know, the big trucks, you know, on the flight line. And you would watch the C-130s roll down the strip and just be like, wow, this is so cool. Everything was so loud and just big. And it, it was intense. And those are the types of things I remember from being a little girl around the military. And now as an adult, I like, I still enjoy it. I still like watching the airplanes. Uh, so enjoy, I enjoy watching my husband jump out of airplanes. My children like it. Um, they find it really cool that their daddy jumps out of airplanes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's been a great experience and, um, just hopefully my kids will think it was great too, you know, 30 years from now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will. And it's so special to, you know, have that for yourself that you enjoyed, you know, going to the installations and seeing, you know, all of this. And now your kids enjoy doing it too. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Do you think you'd ever encourage them to join just like you did your sisters? Uh, so Honestly, if they want to join, I'm not going to discourage it. Uh, I will, however, help coach them along into choosing a right career path if they choose the military. I don't want them to get sucked into something that I think they would be unhappy uh, with, depending on, uh, you know, just I don't want them to get the shaft, essentially, and do something that I know they're not going to enjoy. Whereas I got lucky and chose uh, psychological operations and end up really, truly enjoying it and having a great time. I, I don't think I could have done any of anything else in the military, honestly, looking back um, in hindsight, I, I think I would have been bored. <laughs> yeah. And there's some jobs out there that are just, I mean, they, it's different people and their personalities and what they enjoy, but there are some jobs that are boring to some people and some that are really interesting. Right. Yep. Exactly. You have to find something you enjoy and something that fits with you and what you want to accomplish. Right. Sorry. Chip is over here uh, snoring and dreaming. So (laughs) (laughs) trying to make sure he doesn't roll off the couch because he was running (laughs) in his sleep. (laughs) We miss Chip. We, we love Chip. 
Oh, I know you guys do. That's why you have Sergeant. <laughs> yeah. We had to get our own, like, after we were, you know, done living with you, it was, we need our own little toy fox terrier to more or less take Chip's place that we didn't have a dog anymore. Right. Oh. But yeah, Chipper's still here. He's hanging out. He's just, there you go. I just woke him up because he was being pretty loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what experiences do you think that you had growing up and in the military that you want to, I guess, teach your kids about? Discipline, um, integrity, big time, uh, just and selfless, selflessness. Those are real big uh, things that I learned growing up. Um, and we're trying to teach our kids the same thing. You know, honesty, just hope to goodness that it sticks and <laughs> that they continue on a, on a good path. Yeah. And I think that's something so special that military kids have that most civilian kids don't have because, you know, I mean, resiliency is the biggest one. We're raised to higher standards than most other kids are because right. that's the way our parents are being taught in the military. Yep, exactly. So there's, I mean, we have the seven army values and that's kind of what we're teaching our children. Well, not kind of, it, it really is kind of what we're teaching our children and teaching them to be strong leaders and hope to goodness they prevail and <laughs> will lead good lives no matter what they do, whether that be the military or any other type of public service and just as long as they're happy. Yeah. And I think that's so, so special about military children's and not even just the children, but their families as well, because, you know, the families play a huge role in uh, how the kids are acting and especially the military spouse, uh, because half the time one parent isn't there, they're away serving and deployments and, mm -hmm. you know, it's harder that way. It is hard. It is hard. And it was very hard. Uh, when I left and Maddox, or not Maddox, Asher was 10 months old. That was really hard. Um, and then coming back to him being almost two years old, that was, that was difficult, but I think he's a little crybaby because I wasn't here because he was raised by his grandmother. Uh, but other than that, <laughs> uh, I think he'll be all right. <laughs> Just blame it on your mom. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's hard, you know, missing, especially so early in their lives. Mm. It's hard missing out on those things. And even, you know, as like, a teenager, it's still hard missing out on those experiences of your kids' lives that you know, they only happen once, those milestones. Right. Exactly. Like first steps. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, I mean, luckily today we have video that you can, you know, video things and FaceTime and Zoom and Skype and whatever else. And we didn't have that, but you know, it's still not the same of actually being there in person and right. seeing but thank goodness for technology. <laughs> yes, technology has advanced so much. Even from like when dad deployed, we didn't 
Skype. Skype was first coming out around then. And yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was just coming out and I couldn't even get my husband to figure it out. So he tried. <laughs> he tried. That's what yes. matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's just like text messaging and WhatsApp and all these things to keep everyone connected. And it's crazy how much technology has come in even the past 10 years. Yes, a lot, which I'm grateful for being in the military. It's worked out. It's helped a lot. Yeah, it definitely helps keep families more connected instead of you know, even when we're an ocean apart, it still keeps families connected and together in some sort of a sense. Right. Yep. So one last question for you. What advice would you give to a military child? Hey, be patient. That is my biggest takeaway. Um, this is to be patient with your mother or your father or both. Uh Unfortunately, sometimes they can't control the situation because they're being instructed to do things by their leadership or higher uh, and just kind of roll with the punches. And if you need to, to, you know, talk to somebody, talk to somebody. But big thing is just be patient. Things happen for a reason that none of us often know. And you just got to wait it out. (laughs) Yeah. And that's so important to have to, you know, figure out what to do in those times when you're waiting, because you just want to know what comes next and what to do from where you're at. Exactly. Build those relationships, be patient and just, you know, live each moment. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We enjoyed having both of your sisters on and hearing their stories, hearing yours. And yes. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Gracie. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please like, subscribe, comment, share, and review. You can also follow us at Grace of a Military Child podcast on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more content related to the podcast. If you or someone you know is a military child that would like to be featured on an episode of the podcast, please send a message to one of our social media platforms or send us an email to grace.of.a dot military dot child at gmail.com. Thank you and join back next week for another inspiring story.